there's adventure and wildness and nonconformity and also, you know, um, uh, other kinds of beauty, not the big busty blonde version of beauty. Hello and welcome to Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And, and we're, we're your Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're discussing the history of Barbie, where she came from, the role she has played in our culture, and where she's going. We've interviewed a couple of experts, including the philosophy of feminism professor Dr. Schuler, history student LGBTQ plus academic Ash Alabute, and Dr. Meek Ewan, history professor and the director of women's and gender studies program here at Creighton University. So what we've done here is we've kind of divvied up Barbie's history into decades to kind of give like an overview of what was happening at that time. So we're going to kick it off here with the 50s and early 60s. Oh yeah. So Barbie Millicent Roberts, aka Barbie, was created by Ruth Handler in 1959 as the first fashion doll for little girls. Before this, girls really only had baby dolls and paper dolls to play with. Ruth said that she wanted to create dolls that little girls could imagine their future through, and that empowered them to be anything they wanted to be. However, while this is the official narrative given by Mattel on the Barbie website, in reality, Barbie was partially inspired by a German sex doll named Bild Lily, which Handler saw on vacation. Bild Lily was sold as a gag gift for stag parties and the like, and was meant to be a sexy woman. Barbie was created for little girls, but was undeniably the first Bild Lily in appearance and dress. When we spoke to Ash, she said, initially based off of the 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 character Lily from the the German tabloid Bild where she go she go and she she'd seduce men with her long legs she'd be like hello I'm wearing fishnets give me all your money and they're like Woo! and then and then men were like you know it's super funny you know it's super funny I should make I should make Lily into a doll and sell it like a tobacco store and then I'll just hold it to my friend and be like, hello, hello, Cleobald. Here's a doll and she's got boobies. And then they're like, ah. There's something so weird to me about like, maybe she didn't have the context at the time. I, I don't know. I'm not her. But there's something so weird about there's this like sexualized doll meant for like stag parties. And I'm going to make a children's doll based on this it's so strange and actually dr schuler talked about this a little when we interviewed her so it's kind of weird that that was the inspiration for a doll for preteens you know young girls um and and you know i i guess just you know the feminist critique is i i have no quarrels with it that a doll so um sexually exaggerated and physically um, impossible for a human being for in the hands of a little girl um, in, in her goal. I think even when she, it's Barbie, Dr. Barbie and Pilot Barbie and Astronaut Barbie and, you know, um, <laughs> Fireman Barbie, <laughs> that she's still the, there to wear clothes and um, sort of wow you with her, her sex pizzazz. So, the number one Barbie, who was the first Barbie, coveted by collectors and fans alike these days. She faced a lot of backlash from parents for her sexy appearance. 
Because of this, their advertising shifted focus to push the toy as being a way for little girls to learn how to dress and act like proper young ladies in their futures. A major facet of the first commercials was showing Barbie in a wedding dress marrying Ken. Ash said, Like like an aspirational vessel I don't think, for like womanhood, you know, because like dolls at that time were like, like domestic learning aids it's like you know how to care for a baby how to do this or you have like you know the little paper dolls that you dress up but like once you got past middle school are those really age appropriate at that point so i i think that's kind of what she was going for but it was still very weird it's like <laughs> looking back on it while handler wanted to show little girls they could be anything the realm of female careers in the late 50s and early 60s was pretty narrow, and so Barbie's first careers included teacher, nurse, and airline stewardess. As Barbie moved into the late 60s, her more elegant style and bubble-bobbed hair began to be seen as not cool. Essentially, little girls were like, why do I want a doll who looks like mom? I want a cool doll. This led to the mod Barbie era, where Barbie's style takes inspiration from the mod fashion movement. She became more colorful and playful in this era, taking inspiration from fashion icons like Twiggy. In 1967, Mattel actually released the Twiggy Barbie doll that was based on the model. This was the first ever celebrity doll. And now we have celebrity dolls all the time. There's literally a Zendaya doll. She's beautiful. The Twist and Turn Barbie also came out in 1967, and this doll included a torso that could twist so that Barbie could dance. This was sort of in line with the sort of music the culture groovy vibes groovy vibes she could be a beatles fangirl now because she could dance you know uh and then in 1968 mattel released the first black doll whose name was christy when we spoke to dr mcgowan she said i will say when i was coming up barbie was perhaps less progressive and inclusive than she might be now barbie was blonde I believe there may have been a black Barbie, but that did not show up in cartoons or um, even commercials very often. And I think I must have learned about Barbie through Saturday morning cartoons. Now we transition on to the 70s. So that's when the mod era about ended in 1971 with the release of Malibu Barbie. This Barbie was tanner and more laid back in a California beach style. This ushered in an era of more California style and had the dolls more closely resembling popular characters and celebrities of the time, like the actresses from the Brady Bunch. They were essentially going for like cool, but like friendly and down to earth, which is so interesting. Barbie in the early 70s isn't like glamorous. She's just like the cool California girl. So that's interesting. Like the the girl next door, but the girl next door who moved like in from Malibu. Malibu. She surfs. She drives a convertible. But she's just like you. <laughs> Do you want to take us into one of our first scandals here, Gabby? Oh, yeah. Barbie is no stranger to scandals. And in 1975, they released the scandalous growing up skipper doll who could transform from a little girl to a teenager by cranking her arm. She would grow taller and grow breasts as part of this, and many parents took issue with this feature. I would also probably take issue with that feature if it's, it came out today. It's kind of weird. It's just weird. Just 
It's weird. It's weird. And the if you look up the weird. doll online and see the pictures, it's kind of freaky looking. The mechanisms that made that happen. So weird. <laughs> Moving on from that. Uh, so parents took issue with that feature, but Barbie kept producing dolls. And towards the end of the 70s, Barbie went disco with the release of the Superstar Barbie in 1977 with her hot pink evening gown and boa. This marked the beginning of Barbie pink and glamour that would last through the 80s. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the most iconic dolls because this is Barbie at her barbiest. Hot pink, glamorous, insane makeup, giant hair, just so Barbie. So quintessentially Barbie. She I kind, love it. She kind of like transitions from that, you know, cool but still girl next door type vibes into she is who you wish you could be type She's vibes. a superstar. She becomes she becomes the superstar. So, with the increase of women in the workforce, specifically in office jobs during the 80s, Mattel released the Day to Night Barbie in 1984. Day to Night Barbie came in a hot pink power suit that could transform into a glittery nightgown so that she could party the night away. <laughs> it's kind of a fun concept, I'm not gonna lie. Is it really silly because who's gonna wear a cocktail dress under their power suit? I mean, yeah, but like, it's fun. Yeah, I feel, it, it kind of plays into the she can have it all mentality. It really does, and I think that was big in the eighties. Yeah, too. that's like the whole like superwoman type vibes where you can have the career, you can have the family, you can have, you know, the you can gl- have it all. The glitz, the glamour, you can have it all. When we spoke to Dr. Schuler, she said, "Even if your mom is, as Arlie Hochschild said." the woman with the flying hair. Even if she's sort of rushing to work and rushing her kids to daycare, she's not this sort of Hollywood version of the woman who can do it all and looks like this. Uh, She's not that at all. Uh, So I don't think the kids have to see the domestic life as their future, especially the girls. No, no, open the windows, but. So, Barbie and the Rockers was a line that started in 1985. This line was created after Mattel heard about the upcoming release of the Gem and the Holograms dolls by their competitor, Hasbro. Mattel rushed the Rocker dolls into production so that they would strategically come out the year before the release of the Gem dolls. Yeah, it was a crazy quick turnaround for the production of these dolls. Just all because they wanted to make it look like Hasbro was copying them and not the other way around. There, there's a whole lot of uh, company back and forth in this up like later history of Barbies. Oh yeah, I would say probably Gem and the Holograms is when we first see them, and they're sort of almost cutthroat way of dealing with competitors. Yeah, they start to get some competition, and they immediately start dealing with it too. Yeah. So then we enter the '90s, and of course, Barbie's still glam. She is still blonde as can be, and hot pink and girly. But in 1992, Barbie becomes president with the release of the president of the inaugural ball Barbie, who came in a star-spangled ball gown. She also came with a suit that she could change into, but her original outfit is this ridiculous ball gown. It's kind of just hilarious to me. So later, Barbie presidents would skip the ball gown completely and just have her in a more mature suit, which makes more sense, but is arguably a little less fun. I mean, they needed that transition period between the glitz and glam Barbie and, act- like, full-on 
you know, president, mature Barbie. Oh, yeah. And so they have this doll who's just, who's just both. She's both. She's glamorous and she's president of the USA. <laughs> they actually didn't make another President Barbie until 2000. In 1993, Barbie was starting to be seen as uncool and needed a style revamp. As a part of this, Mattel had researchers look into what cool hip men were wearing and they created Earring Magic Ken. What a name. What a name. Earring Magic Ken came in a purple mesh shirt with a pleather vest, beach blonde hair, and a necklace which featured an earring. So Magic Earring Ken actually adds to our list of scandalous Barbie dolls that we have on our uh, history overview here. Because the earring on the Ken doll closely resembled a sex accessory worn by gay men, and his outfit followed trends seen at LGBTQ plus raves in LA. Because of this, gay men bought the doll in droves and began calling him Gay Ken. The doll was quickly pulled from shelves, but remains a fan favorite. I love how they were like, target demographic missed. But gay men were like, that's for me. That is for me. You're coming home with me. He's an iconic doll. The best scandalous Barbie. We love him. When asked about Barbie's role in the LGBTQ plus community, Ash said, Barbie was kind of kind of put as a villain in my brain because I you know in my like little child oatmeal brain where I didn't know what gay people are but I still was one I was just like oh girly pink thing weird I'm cool weird so I have to like reject this you know it seemed like it seemed like an easy like an easy punching bag for me to just be like no I reject this this is not me but also the reality is that queer women can be them too um so i think there's like more of a diversity to that dr McEwen had this to say i became more sympathetic to barbie through like gay camp assessments of barbie um the idea that barbie could be fun like that we were all in on the joke so throughout the 90s barbie shifted to be a little less pink but still glamorous she leaned kind of into that y2k aesthetic with the metallics and the Glitter, more blues and purples. But she was cool. And then, in 2001, the first computer-animated full-length Barbie film, Barbie and the Nutcracker, was released direct-to-video. This marked the beginning of the Barbie cinematic universe. And since then, there have been 41 more movies, a web series, and a vlog. And even a Bibble Babes podcast. In 2002, we have our next Barbie doll scandal when Mattel came out with the Happy Family line, which included Midge and her expanding family. They say expanding because Midge is pregnant. So everyone calls her pregnant Midge, but the doll was actually marketed as Midge and Baby. Because the baby's... There's a small baby doll inside of her detachable stomach. Essentially, it was a stomach shell that attached with magnets, and you could detach it when she gave birth. So cursed. It's it's a strange doll, and it faced a lot of backlash because while Midge was supposed to be a woman who was older, a lot of the Barbies at the time were teenagers, so parents saw it as a doll promoting teen pregnancy. What? Scandalous! <laughs> yeah. But, interestingly enough, this doll line also included a set of grandparents, which is one of the few times we have seen older adults as Barbie dolls. 
So this line included Midge, her husband Alan, their children, and a Dr. Barbie. Also, in the early 2000s, Bratz was gaining in popularity with their hip fashions and racially diverse characters and became Barbie's biggest competitor. Barbie began to be seen as the safe, uncool, girly girl doll, while Bratz was seen as cooler. Bratz faced a lot of backlash because they were seen as too sexual for little girls and seen as being a bad influence. When we spoke to Ash, she said, like the uh, the Barbie Bratz feud of the early 2000s, considerations of like the racialization of Barbie and like offshoots such as like the Bratz dolls, you know, because like I think his name's Carter Bryant. He used to work for Mattel. And then he was like, oh, I'm just going to get all these like dismembered doll pieces. I think he took like just a random doll head and they used like boots from Ken. And that's like he just like Frankenstein constructed the first Bratz doll. And then he went to one of Mattel's competitors. It was like, LOL, have this. And they're like, okay. And then they just started making like a billion dollars in sales. And then Barbie was like, no, my money. So then they were like, you stole my design. And they're like, no, it literally looks different and then they just slung lawsuits at each other for years i just feel like the discourse is like oh it's like the good wholesome suburban barbie barbie and then like the hooligan hooligan brats dolls like <laughs> i wasn't allowed to even look at a brats doll growing up because that was that was a, a sinful doll Mattel released the Mycene line of dolls with more stylized faces and large feet similar to Bratz that slotted over Barbie's feet in order to compete. The Mycene line was discontinued in 2008. Those feet were so weird because you had Barbie's regular feet and then you had mega feet that you would like slide over the small feet. That's just really cursed socks. It is cursed socks. This brings us from about the 2010s to present day. Throughout the 2000s and into the 2010s, Barbie faced increased backlash for being a bad influence on girls' body image and for being too unrealistic. She was also criticized for a lack of diversity, and Mattel saw doll sales slip in comparison to their other line, Monster High, which rose to popularity. Barbie began to increase the diversity of their doll's skin tone across their lines, and then in 2016, released new body types for Barbie, including tall, petite, and curvy. Since then, Barbie has placed an emphasis on being more diverse in body types, disabilities, and skin tones. The newer lines include dolls with vitiligo, hearing aids, bald heads, wheelchairs, and even prosthetics. The emphasis of modern dolls is more on the careers they can have and diversity than on fashion, and Mattel wants to create dolls that kids can see themselves reflected in when they play. Dr. Schuler had this to say. Uh, the the efforts to liberate Barbie, I was reading in 2016, to make her curvy, to make her a little thicker here and thicker there, but still unbelievably thin overall. It's, I, I heard it described as too little, too late. <laughs> There's adventure and wildness and nonconformity and also, you know, um, uh, other kinds of beauty, not the big busty blonde version of beauty, but all the forms that beauty takes, which is, you know, because I think, I think it's really sad when little girls have to worry about their body and they're not just feeling one with their body and with their body, they're feeling one with the world and they belong. And 
Barbie has also made the Inspiring Women series, which features dolls of real historical figures and aims to teach kids about their important contributions. This line includes figures such as Rosa Parks, Ida B. Wells, Jane Goodall, and more. The Inspiring Women series is just so cool. I love it. So where is Barbie going from here? We asked Ash, Dr. McEwen, and Dr. Schuler. We're doing better now where they're like, oh yeah, Barbie comes in different sizes or whatever. But like, obviously there's logistical issues with that because I mean, you do need like a uniform plastic shape. So like all the toys fit or like all the clothes fit, you know, but I think there's like updating the design to be more representative and, you know, having Barbie in different careers, I suppose. I suppose that works better. I don't think Barbie is ever going to, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm old, but I don't think Barbie is ever going to break out of the stereotype of like, blonde bimbo in like a convertible with Ken by her side which you know maybe she doesn't have to right like maybe we can enjoy that fantasy as like a naughty pleasure right I I think it would be really great to see Barbie as outrageous and not perfect because I think that's that's the sort of liberation like oh my gosh who would want to look like this who would want to wear those heels those tight dresses and be a human being in the world and just enjoying the world. This has been your Bibble Babes discussing the good, the bad, and the Barbie. Join us next time for a look into Barbie Fairytopia. We post a new episode every other Friday. If you're new here, be sure to like and subscribe. And as always, spread kindness like glitter.